Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey y'all, we are back. It's been a minute, but we're back. And this is episode 64 of Damsels in Detroit. And I wanted to, you know, kick off this, we're just going to call it a new season, even though (laughs) I never do seasons, I just start and then I take a break sometimes but we're gonna start this new season um just talking about creativity and I am sitting here with Erin Nay and for those that have listened you know I'm gonna read a little bit about her because my girl's resume long okay (laughs) (laughs) so I'm gonna read a little bit about Erin before we get into our questions so let's go Erin Nay is a creative and conceptual powerhouse, project manager, educator, and published researcher with seven years of experience in developing, coordinating, and presenting various programs committed to animating the lives of Black girls and women. Erin finds herself storytelling through the media in the Black feminist tradition, calling upon poetry, visual art, music, and literature as a way to study and reflect the interior lives of Black girls and women all around the world. Hello. Hey girl. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm a little tired today. Yeah. I had a video shoot yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I got home about 3 a.m. Oh, and wow. was finally able to wind down around 5 okay. um, and go to sleep. So I'm a little tired, but I'm happy and the video went really well. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm a little tired. Yeah, I too am tired, but I'm so happy you're here. Yes. I'm so happy you came through today. So hopefully we won't take up too much of your time or the conversation. Be here. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, maybe the conversation will just like wake us up, you know? Good conversation nourishes the soul. Yeah. Honestly. Well, ooh, look at me hitting the microphone. See, you can tell I haven't been here in a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my first question for you, because mm-hmm. we're just going to dive right on in. Ooh. But you are a doer of all of the things. Yes. So you just said you did a video shoot. Mm-hmm. You're a photographer. Mm-hmm. You curate playlists. Yeah. You do it all. Yep. So talk to me about your relationship with creativity, like how that began, mm-hmm. what kind of got you to this point. Yeah, I think I've always been very analytical um, and very curious, like as a young person, I'm still young, but Mm -hmm. when I was in school, in high school, middle school, like I'd always ask a lot of questions and be very curious about how things function. And I would watch a movie and be able to figure out the plot and I'd be very bored and try to like figure out ways to go back into that plot and Mm -hmm. kind of like fix it if it was me, you know, if I was a director in that scenario. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I was thinking of it as myself being the director, but like I would always have a critique and in college it kind of became a thing like you always have a critique and not in a bad way, but like I love going to the movies with you because you're going to spend an hour after the movie having a conversation Mm -hmm. about it and unpacking what you feel and why you feel that way and and what you want to see. Um So as I transitioned through undergrad into grad school, my degree is in um, human development and family studies, and I'm very interested in understanding the ways like relationships kind of function. Mm -hmm. And so I go to my master's program where I'm getting, um, I'm studying more specifically like what motivates people to uh, learn and to be in certain spaces, what motivates black women to be successful in STEM courses was my thesis work in my master's program. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm like at that point just feeling like my analytical 
analytical side of myself is like living in my research and that what I'm studying and how I'm putting together like literature reviews and finding holes and things like that is like exciting and I, I love to read and I love to read the things that black women have written about black women and um Eventually, that evolved into my PhD program, which brought me to Michigan Mm -hmm. in 2019. And I'm at that point, my studies have evolved from just like black women in classrooms to how do black women communicate amongst each other and and understand themselves as knowledge. And that's where Ben Theory came from. I believe that black women, um, the work that we do every day to survive is a form of theory in itself. Mm -hmm. And that's different from magic. And I know black girl magic is a fun saying and, and it does do a lot of work. And then it kind of got uh, it kind of got co-opted by a specific type of black girl mm-hmm. in order for her to be magical. It has to be a, a something that's extraordinary right. in order for it to be considered magical. Whereas like theory is work, mm-hmm. right? Theory is work and it's an everyday kind of thing that we exist. If you have an idea and that idea is like, hey, I believe the grass is green because it rains outside. That's theory. And everyone can put those kind of ideas together where they're, you know, they're being able to be proven wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a theory. So... Um, I'm kind of having these ideas in my program and my advisor is kind of like, I don't necessarily understand where this is fitting in in education and in the classroom setting and K through 12. And can you find a way to kind of make this work and tie it back into like how this will impact maybe black girls in the classroom? And I'm like, this is impacting the girls mm-hmm. in the classroom, right? I'm understanding like the ways at this point I'm looking at the ways like TikTok influences the ways that we communicate with each other. Yeah. What I might watch might tell me that you're an abuser and I may not have ever known that before. And so mm-hmm. now I can communicate something different. Um, what I read somebody say on Twitter about what they believe a relationship to be, if they have enough retweets that might influence me right. and black women are always getting messages about who we should be on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm trying, Trying to fuse this idea with like what I see Solange doing or or uh, Janelle Monet doing or um, Tierra Whack doing in their music and and what they're trying to say with their visual projects. Mm-hmm. And I'm like trying to make this all work because I'm like we as people are constantly being influenced by all of these different things. As black women, we're being influenced by what we engage with on our phone, who we are in friendships with, what we're reading, um, just being on the bus, traveling, commuting in our jobs, all of that. And I'm trying to like make sense of that information Mm -hmm. and fuse these different things together. And I'm, I get to a point where I'm just like, I think this is not necessarily, um, what I want to do. Okay. And I want to be able to storytell and to put these pieces together in a way that isn't necessarily rooted in the white ivory tower in academia. Mm-hmm. And the knowledge that I'm trying to showcase that black women have isn't for academia anyway. It's for other black women to understand. And as I kind of kept over a year, the last year of my program, the second year, telling myself that I started picking up my camera more and more thinking about how can I tell these stories visually? What components do I like when I watch other people's work that I feel like are giving us storytelling pieces to say that, um, this is who black women are. Mm-hmm. This is how we show up. And this is how we do it in a way that isn't stereotypical, that it, that does feel very authentic. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just went from there. So I wasn't a creative until I wouldn't have identified myself as a creative until two years ago, maybe a poet before that or a writer, but not anyone who I would say is like, I'm a, I'm a creative, I'm mm-hmm. an artist. 
Um, that's something that's really, really new to me. And it, I think it came from just my general curiosity and my interest in researching mm-hmm. and my interest in being able to like weave my research um, and, and position it in a way that makes sense to everyday people. Yeah. I love that. And it kind of gives me like Toni Morrison vibes of like <laughs> taking away the white gaze yes. of things. And it's yes. like the people that need to understand it. Mm-hmm. We'll understand exactly. It. You won't have to break it all the way down exactly. And like simplify it to the point where it's like, this is what this is, and this is what this means. Exactly. And refer back to the glossary. It's like no, because I'm already in this space and I'm exactly. already in this experience with you. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. Because it's for me. So yeah, mm-hmm. love. <laughs> My forbidden theory is something that I say is like I want to make. Um, this notion that the work Black women do um, in existing itself is pedestrian Mm -hmm. and the way that we can understand that to be pedestrian and that's a that idea of like taking real high level theory and breaking it down into a pedestrian way came from a Toni Morrison documentary where uh, um like a a critic a writing critic or a novelist critic Mm -hmm. was saying that like that's the beautiful thing about her writing is that she doesn't speak to audiences that are uh, going to ask a lot of questions for mm-hmm. background and context. She's talking to us right. when she writes. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't need to explain that. Yes. And I love that documentary, um, As I Am. Yes. Ooh, yes. Yes. I went to the DIA to see it, and I was just like, I just, I mean, granted, some of her books, I'm like, wow, Tony, you was, you was going through some stuff yeah. when you wrote this. But I just love the messaging behind everything she stood for and, you know, her work and her writing. So she's a fave of mine. Profound. Yes. Um, So what is your creative process like? So when you have different projects Mm -hmm. going on, I know you have project management experience. Mm -hmm. Do you keep that head on all the time or what's your, what's your process like? Um, I think that there are a couple of hats that I probably never, ever really take mm-hmm. off project management being one of them, mm-hmm. um, director and kind of like being, I think my, my interest in directing visually came from my interest in being a project manager mm-hmm. and how, um, you're like leading what is happening in the different components and communicating back and forth and being able to build an idea across a team of folks. I really enjoyed that with events that I was planning when I was like a grad student, we were doing things for undergrads or even when I was an undergrad and I was a VP of a marketing org org, and we were throwing events. And, um, so, so I don't think I ever take that, those hats off Mm -hmm. and they kind of are like very mutually reinforcing for me. And then also the creative direction aspect of it. Like I'm very interested in aesthetics. Um, and so my creative process kind of starts in, the aesthetic itself. Mm-hmm. What do I want it to feel like is a question I find myself asking a lot. It's everything that I do, I want it to feel like an experience. So that means if depending on where we're at, what does it smell like when you're in the space? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm making a video, can I offer something and say something in that space that makes you think that it smells like something, right? Mm-hmm. It, you smell shea butter when you mm-hmm. watch this video, right? So it starts with what I want it to, to feel like when somebody is watching it. What do I want to feel like when I watch it and engage with it? And from there, I kind of build out the different elements that I'm ne- that are needed to make that happen. 
Um, my work is definitely rooted in feeling and that guides a lot of my work. And then I would say like, I'm re- I really into making mood boards. Okay. Um, and before mood boarding was really a thing cause it's so common now. Everybody's yeah. like, I got a mood board. Right. I'm that over. <laughs> and it's like just screenshots of photos. And I'm like, this is not a mood board. Yeah. You need to give me um, details. Honey. I need details because you could put up 20 pictures and I need to know what specifically about exactly. these 20 pictures you like. Exactly. Is it the color? Is it the way that they're posed? Is it the way that they're looking? Is it their outfit? Is is it the, the background? Hair. Is it the hair? Is it the nails? Is right. it the energy? Mm-hmm. Is it the edit itself? Is it is it the angle right. of the camera? Like there, that was just ten things mm-hmm. right there. So it's like being specific, and I love that um, that initial process for me creatively allows me to get very specific about the elements that I like and really detailed. And I'm a person who. I'm realizing is really into detail (laughs) and I feel like I don't want to leave any detail um, Mm -hmm. unturned if I can. I feel like excellence is in in the detail. And so, yeah, I spent a lot of time just thinking about what I wanted to look like, imagining what I wanted to feel like, what I want to experience and just kind of go through um, when I'm doing something. Yeah. Details are yeah. very important, especially when it comes to visual, because, mm-hmm. and I hate that I'm this way, similar to you where you're, like, critical of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll notice if something is off. Like, if I'm watching a movie, I'm like, oh, that wasn't yeah. right. Like, that didn't continue correctly yeah. from that scene prior. Or, oh, I wonder if they know that her hair was a little disheveled exactly. and it wasn't supposed to. Like, I wish that my brain didn't work like yeah. that. But because I'm so interested in, like, those little subtle things that people think that you aren't going to notice or pay attention to. but All I of do. those things make a difference. And I feel like we're consumers of so many different mm-hmm. things. You're able to make a critique. That's what I love about um my black feminist self and mm-hmm. just like connecting with other black feminist writers and understanding more about what it means to be a black feminist is like there's nothing that needs to go without critique everything is worthy of critique mm-hmm. critique is a love language right for me to offer feedback in this way and to suggest the ways that it would benefit me and help me get better that's a privilege mm-hmm. um because I could just say fuck you yeah <laughs> I me and my little cancer self I'm working on it because sometimes critique does not feel like a love language. Yeah. Sometimes critique is like, why are you saying this to me? Like, do you know how much work I put into it? Yeah. But you're absolutely 100% correct. Yeah. It's like, no, somebody cares about you enough, about your work enough yeah. to be like, I love this, but, or this was great. But, and, you yeah, know, like yeah. the, the buts and the ends yeah. of it all. <laughs> and, and there is a art to it and mm-hmm. I feel like the more that you give feedback I, I find that a lot of people just don't know how to give feedback yeah flat out this like is awesome. I've had professors at the PhD level who are writing feedback on paper and can't articulate mm-hmm. so these are people who graduated with very high level degrees who mm-hmm. don't know how to articulate what it is that they want mm-hmm. and for me I know exactly what it is that I want and I can articulate that well but I also if other people can articulate what it is that they want I'm very open to receiving that and that's come with learning for myself how much feedback can be beneficial and so once I realized that I'm like oh I need to be paying attention to the ways that people give me feedback when it's good and when it feels good right mimic those create use that as like a a um what's the word I'm looking for um damn 
like a initial step, I mm-hmm. guess, to build something out. There's a specific word. Like a stepping later. stone? Yeah, but there's another word and I'm like, I see it, a, a skeleton. Okay. Um, To go from there and create my own like templates for feedback mm-hmm. when I'm talking to people and engaging with people because um, I always want my work to be the best. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in the space right now creatively where everything I put out, I want it to be the best that I've done. And I feel like I've done enough things at least a couple of times now to say, okay, we're moving into this excellent space. We're taking our time with different things. And we're also pulling people in so that I can get that feedback in the early stages, in the middle stages, in the post stages, and not be afraid that they might say they hate it. Right. But I also know that I'm very passionate about my ideas. And if it's something that I feel good about, I'm going to stand on it. Mm-hmm. And there's no feedback you can give me that will change mm-hmm. that. So I've had to learn that part too mm-hmm. right because initially feedback for me i was very standoffish yeah like you don't know what you're talking about of course i have the best ideas then it kind of changed to i'm just gonna listen to everybody's ideas and whatever anyone tells me i'm just gonna be like oh okay my idea let's change it and I, that was putting me in a place of like oh it's kind of makes me sad okay because my idea is no longer there everybody's kind of like forming and manipulating it to the way that they want to because that's what feedback invites mm-hmm. right this is what i would do if i was in your shoes because i can't nobody can do what you do right so um now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, feedback is love. I love when people can give me good feedback. I also love working on that practice of engaging with somebody enough. I think it builds a lot of trust to kind of give feedback back and forth between people. And then I'm like, every time I listen to other folks and I feel like I've mastered the fact of this is where my idea won't change. Okay. I'm not open to changing, but here are the parts that we can. And as you tell me other ideas, maybe my ideas continues to shift, but I'm open. The project gets better. And yeah. to me, that's what I'm doing this for. Like not for my own personal ego, but to make the best shit possible. I guess that's a little for my ego, but like <laughs> to make the best things possible. And I realized that I can't do it on myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I love feedback. Yeah. It's it's helped me so much That's in my a beautiful way to look at that. In my work relationships, in my performance as a as a worker before I became a full-time entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um and now with my team for Ben Theory, like as we're working on um the show, that's like how I start every meeting. This is a in our initial meetings, like this is a space for feedback. This is a space for learning. I have a master's in educational psychology. I'm focused on people's learning constantly. I'm focused on understanding good teaching. That doesn't mean I'm the teacher all of the time or that I'm the expert. Um, And we all kind of shift between those roles. And I try to show that. And you have to show that through um, modeling. But everybody's not used to that. In our right. first couple of meetings, I'm asking for feedback and people are kind of looking at me and I'm like, no, this is what I mean. <laughs> or we would have, they'll give me feedback and we'll get off the phone and they'll call me like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, like these were great ideas. And mm-hmm. I just want to check because we didn't know if this kind of overtook the meeting with the feedback. And I'm like, we're here to make the best project. And I want you to feel invested in this. And that requires that level of like dedication. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I love that shit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you have inspired me to look at that different. That's like one of my like personal things that I just wanted to work on because mm-hmm. again, I'm just I'm hypersensitive all the time. Right. It's just naturally how I am and I know that there is a sensitivity is a beautiful thing, but I yeah. think that you do have to self-edit sometimes of like this is what I heard, but is this what that person meant? You know, like you have to really just kind of step outside of yourself and be like, no, like let's look at the bigger picture and what can we all do collectively mm-hmm. to, like you said, make the best yeah. projects 
possible. So, and that don't mean you can't get in your feelings sometimes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> sometimes people do give you feedback and you hate it, but you know it's good, and mm-hmm. you gotta be mad about it for a second. Yeah, and you gotta go in your room and you close the door and you pout and you be like. That was a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. You know, and Mm -hmm. then you come back out. You be like, you know what? You did have a good idea, Mm -hmm. um, and I would like to utilize that. And that's okay. It's like Mm -hmm. I think people think, you know, if you love feedback, that it has to always be good, or that you have to be okay with it when it's bad. And it's like, no, you allowed to be upset. Yeah. You allowed to pout. You allowed to be mad at yourself. You Mm -hmm. allowed to be up, be frustrated. But then you just pivot. What can you do with it? Right. How can you find a solution and incorporate that? And I love that part because I like to problem solve. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I the idea I initially had or that someone else initially had is not working out. How can we fix that? Right. What do we need? How can we still tell the story with what we have? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yes. So I want to talk more about storytelling. Mm-hmm. So on your site, which I love because it's so cute and orange. Thank you. <laughs> but you have in big white bold letters Mm -hmm. that you are a storyteller that is committed to animating the lives of black girls and women Mm -hmm. so what part or parts of our stories or experiences do you feel like you want to tell or do you feel like have been told improperly by other people and you're like i we need to scrap this and do it all Mm -hmm. over um i i think that the improper question is hard because it's so it's so relative Mm -hmm. um so for some people, they might look at, you know, Medea as an example. Mm-hmm. And to me, I would say improper or even other examples where black men are dressing as black women mm-hmm. and playing a character in that capacity. It characterizes us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like uh, in those instances, for some people, they enjoy that. They don't mind that. There are some black women who see themselves in a character like Medea. I mean, Medea is written after characteristics right. of black women. So, of course. Um, but for me, I want to tell the more everyday stories of black women who are existing in our, in our um, multiplicity. So... Um, right now I'm working with a couple of different black women and helping them tell their stories in different ways. And that involves a lot of listening to who they are and who they say they are and who they say they want to be and kind of reading between the lines and creating, um, a script or, uh, some sort of, just overview of who I'm interpreting them as almost like a, a journalist mm-hmm. um, and then allowing them an opportunity to look at that information and tell me what it is that they do. They think it's accurate. Right. Do they want to represent themselves in that way? And we kind of go back and forth a few times like this is what I'm hearing you say. Is this what you want? How does that feel? So there's like a lot of member checking in that way. And that helps me tell the stories that they have. So it's not really like I could say I want to tell a specific kind of story. It's like I want to tell all of our stories mm-hmm. <laughs> as many as possible. There's not any specific one that I want to tell. I want to th- tell things that are important and, and move me at this time or whatever time I'm at. I know that'll change mm-hmm. just like it changed before. Right now, I'm really interested in telling like um, I'm really interested in showcasing our range right so i'm using my show as a platform heavy on the feelings is my show as a platform to interview black women who do different things who represent kind of different demographics within the black community Mm -hmm. who have different opinions about who we are as black women and how we show up and i want to kind of uh 
pick at who black women have been allowed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not in an antagonistic way to black women specifically, but to the narrative itself. And I feel like our narrative as black women has to be look a specific way. Right. right. If we have a certain kind of money. We have to drive a certain kind of car. Mm-hmm. We have to have a certain kind of hair. We have to talk a certain kind of way. If we don't have a certain kind of money, it looks one specific way. It's right. ghetto. It's it's out the way. It's around the way. Mm-hmm. Right. And or um, it's just a lot of judgment. And, yeah. I, and I feel like because we haven't been mainstream media for for that long in in the range that media has existed, I want to kind of go within the black woman community and start uh, teasing at what it means to be a black woman within our group. Mm-hmm. You know, who are we? How do we communicate with each other? How do we share love with each other? Right. What are the practices that we use that we teach each other intentionally or unintentionally about how we should move when we're a community? And I don't think that's been explored often enough because it's always we're having to fight what it means mm-hmm. to be a black woman with white women, what it means to be a black woman with black men. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, we, they going to do their thing. That's a Toni Morrison and me. They going to do their thing yeah. regardless. Mm-hmm. What can we do here right. within us mm-hmm. <laughs> when we don't have to worry about anyone else's gaze? How do we talk about ourselves? How do we think about ourselves? Um, and I want to showcase that visually. So it's not, I, I don't think it's one specific thing yeah. or one specific type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm interested in telling uh, folk stories who are like black and something else. Okay. I'm I'm biracial, mm-hmm. and I'm very interested in um, how black folks who are biracial or multiracial I identify. Mm-hmm. Right, my brother identifies as white, and okay. he has he's biracial as well. I identify as black. Okay, um, and I find like this really common, but like. For black folks who are also Mexican, for black folks mm-hmm. who are also um, Filipino, like how do they exist in the world and what does that mean? And how do that's like under how do they understand their blackness? Yeah, it's something that I'm interested in, um, spe- specifically being a black woman and like how this crosses our understanding of like what it means to be a woman, what it means to be black, what it means to be Filipino. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things are a lot. Um and so like that's just one thing. But I'm also interested in um telling very, very like aesthetically queen sugar type of visuals where yes. I kind of write short fiction and we could do short feature films in that regard and showcase who we are in this like Afrofuturist kind of Janelle Monet memory librarian mm-hmm. kind of way. So it's a lot. Yeah. I I try not to limit myself. Yeah, as you should <laughs> not, because I just feel like your brain is just moving all of the time. Yeah. And I always just tell people, you literally can do anything. You can do anything. Mm-hmm. And I believe that you can do anything. So you Thank can do you. it all. And I'll be watching. So. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm learning that you can do it all. You just, you need a team and you need mm-hmm. um to learn how to delegate. Yeah. Because, like, I don't want to slow down my creative process and what I want to do. But maybe I can't do, like, even right now, the things that I said, like, the aesthetic Queen Sugar writing, directing, short film kind of things. And then these, like, docu-series kind of content with Black women that's, like, exploring different issues within our community and how we understand, like, colorism and Mm -hmm. race and uh, multiraciality and different things like that. Those are very different types of projects and like I can't do both of them at the same time so timing but also I can't execute them by myself in a reasonable time so also team yes delegating understanding that Mm -hmm. (laughs) learning how to create a budget for a project itself so that I can pay the people on my team like all of those things are um happening and I'm figuring it out and but I'm I'm learning that 
I'm going to still do everything yes. that I want to do. I don't believe in being in a one lane or a one bag or a one head. That's mm-hmm. very boring to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't believe I was created to be on this earth to do that yeah. either. Um, but I just, I need, I need support. Yes. I got to put myself in a position where the support can come. Yes. Yes. <laughs> be open to the yes. help. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, seek it. And seek it. And that can be a challenge for us as well because... I think, too, when you have so many ideas and you have you have the foundation for a project, I think sometimes it's hard to bring other people in because, like, what if they don't understand it? Mm-hmm. Or what if they're, like, as soon as they come in, they're like, girl, this don't make no sense. You need to change this. Like, okay, yeah. we, like, we like feedback, but hold on. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I think it's just easier sometimes to, like, let me just hold this near and dear to my yeah. heart and I'll figure it out. And like you said, like, no, you have to. You have to be accepting. Great ideas aren't created in a bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, they they might start that way, but like the execution of them can't be done in a bubble. You need other people for that kind of like ping pong effect that right. back and forth that pushes a project to become better. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say something else and I just lost my thought around it. Dang. It's been a long day. What were you just saying? I was just saying, wow, don't ask me that. Oh, oh, so it's not just it's not just that black women are we're like, oh, let's keep it to ourselves Mm -hmm. um, because because I'm sensitive about it. It's also I want to keep it to myself because I feel like there is this enormous amount of pressure that I should do everything myself. Yep. That if I don't do everything myself, I'm not going to be respected, mm-hmm. not going to be taken seriously. People will think I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Um, and I find that sometimes even just asking people for feedback invites that people don't think you, you know what you're doing. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't know. And I'm like, no, I'm just asking for right. feedback. I'm trying, to make, I'm trying to make this better. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what I think is best. But I'm trying to say, what do other people think? Mm-hmm. And so it's like that part in itself is hard. And that was probably the hardest thing for me as I shift to delegating more and working with the team as I've hired folks for Ben Theory and continue to hire people and build out our production company. It is a constant reminder, like, bro, you do not you you don't have to do all of this yourself. I know you want to, mm-hmm. but you could just play one role today. You could play a different role tomorrow, but right. like today, maybe one, two max. <laughs> but we don't need to do all ten yeah. today. Yeah. Let let eight other people do those roles. Right. Ooh, a good lesson to learn. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So you've mentioned Ben Theory a few mm-hmm. times and you have on this cute um yes, I got I designed this myself. So cute. Thank I want you. one. Um, so for those that are unfamiliar, can you talk more about it? And I also want to know, are all of your projects under Ben Theory Mm -hmm. or is this just one part of Mm -hmm. the Erin A brand? Yes. Great questions. So Ben Theory started through my research as I am looking at black women and black girls and how we're being represented and the things that black women have been writing about us since Sojourner Truth said, mm-hmm. and I woman mm-hmm. <laughs> to current day present like media. So I'm very interested in black women in the U.S. context. I should say that specifically. So I'm like analyzing, OK, what's been happening over this these, this amount of time and what do we consistently say about who we are and how we show up? And black women have been very clear for a very long time. We know who we are. Mm hmm. We know exactly who we are. Everyone around us is trying to tell us and, and manipulate us into something else and right. literally cause us to shapeshift. Um, and so if we're constantly having to shapeshift, where are the spaces where we don't have to do that? And I, that's when I started looking at like 
friendships and the ways black women are kind of creating community within themselves and what kind of spaces that we find ourselves constantly kind of gathering to. And in those spaces, I'm like, oh, this is theory. Like there's something really special about being around all black women and exploring (laughs) that. And I'm not from Detroit and I didn't grow up in a predominantly black area. So like I even even though my friend groups are mostly black, like Mm -hmm. still being in predominantly white areas is different than being in a predominantly black area where black is the normal. Um, And so to be around black women in a space when I went to college or in grad school, right? It's just like, it's like almost like you get chills. Mm -hmm. Like we here, you know? And I'm like, there's something very theoretical about the way we come together, the ways that we um, unlayer ourselves in front of each other. And that is, that is theory. You know, how we communicate here is theory because we don't do this around anyone else. Mm -hmm. Even our, uh, our partners don't, we don't do that with them in the same way. And, um, so that's how Ben Theory kind of came. And I wanted to, um, create, you know, something to kind of raise awareness around Ben Theory. And it was like a limited time drop last year in the late winter. And I designed these crewnecks, um, and sold them. And then, I did another release maybe a couple months after that and just kind of sat on ice, but I knew I wanted to do something with Ben Theory. I had ideas for apparel. Um, and I also remember being in trademark meetings and trying to trademark Black Girls Ben Theory, okay. um, which is the original title and what it says on my sweatshirt now. Um, and the trademark attorney asked me something like, you know, do, is it a production house? And I don't even remember this thought in, until like a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. but she asked me that and I'm like, no, no, it's not that. It's just kind of like apparel and it may be video content or something like that eventually. Um, and I just started video editing last year when okay. Dairy dropped. Like that's how I started exploring video, um, trying to create my own things. And so, um, Fast forward, maybe about eight or nine months later, I'm like, I want to come back to Ben Theory. What do I want to do? What does it feel like? At the same time, like I have this idea for this show, Heavy on the Feelings. Um, Heavy on the Feelings is about black women. It's about who we are and how we communicate with each other over over food and the ways that good conversation and good cooking really f- fuel the soul yeah. in very similar ways. And when you pair them together, it's like orgasmic right it can be very orgasmic and and relieving and refreshing Mm -hmm. and fulfilling all at the same time and so um i'm like i think ben theory needs to be a production house maybe a couple weeks after that i remember the conversation with the lawyer the summer before and i'm Mm -hmm. like she said that that's crazy like (laughs) probably in my head i've been chewing on this and i think that there are ideas at work even if we're not constantly like um thinking about them right i feel like that your brain is a strong enough computer that it's processing yeah and it's cooking up (laughs) sometimes you have to wait for an ancestor or god or somebody else to bring it up in conversation Mm -hmm. or even an idea you have for it to all of a sudden like click and connect and so for me i just had a moment one day where i'm like oh this Ben Theory is a is black girls needs to be dropped off. It it's still focused on black girls. Let's Ben Theory is the production house. It's the creative agency animating black girls and black women's stories. And heavy on the feelings is going to be the first show that mm-hmm. is that is under it. And it, we're going to build out other content. I wanted to be able to create content for brands for businesses. I wanted to give this very like high level high level quality, um, but this everyday kind of griot storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And I think Ben Theory is just the perfect production house name. It's just, I mean, one, it just sounds so cool because I think it's just a, something that you're like, what is it? Like, I want to yeah. know more. So the fact that now it is this 
entity. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, I love it. Yes. And it's a little, the name itself is a little resistant um, because I used to get in trouble all the time for using slang, right? So I've been had. Um, uh, I be doing this, Mm -hmm. right? Those were two phrases I used to get in trouble for a lot. Like, stop talking like that. Why are you talking like that? Mm -hmm. And um, I just always enjoyed the ways that when when we talk about African American vernacular English or yeah. Ebonics or slang talk or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, <laughs> um, the words, the way that we put verbs together, the ways that we put words together for me have always been very uh, interesting mm-hmm. and and re- and refusing and also creating at the same time multiple ways to say the same thing right. that's very different. I don't know if you saw maybe a, a while ago but there was a teacher who gave students a test on how they use uh African American vernacular English and the white students that. failed oh. terribly. They couldn't understand how you could put be and been and had and all these different types of ways mm-hmm. in sentences and they mean different things if I change where the be is right. because that's how we talk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't under identify. Mm-hmm. I'd be doing different things and they're like I don't understand what the B is doing so mm-hmm. um when I named it in, in Black Girls Ben Theory people are like Ben Theory and I'm like yeah and they're like what do you mean Ben Ben and I'm like yeah I'm <laughs> like know yes what I mean. yes and it kind of has gone from there so my and my Instagram name changed from what it was to Aaron B creating mm-hmm. like I do this my last initial is not B that's not my last name. Right. It's what I do. It's a verb. And I feel like same thing with in theory. Like it's who we are. It's mm-hmm. what we've been doing. Um, and the root of those words for me is like in an act of resistance. And yeah. I probably named them for some reason like that, like intentionally. Because yeah. it could have been we're theory. We are theory. Could right. been, it could be anything. It doesn't have the same genesis. You know what I'm saying? No, it don't have the sauce. <laughs> it don't have the sauce. <laughs> yeah, I was watching. Um, so Masterclass had like a, a series on Amazon Prime that they mm-hmm. did. And they were talking about black vernacular English. Mm-hmm. And they were just, I can't remember exactly like what they said. It was something like how enslaved black people were when they were first learning English, were dropping the words that were not necessary uh, for the sentence. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this has too many words. Like, you get what I'm trying to yeah. say. So I'm going to simplify this in a way that is like, one, easier for me to communicate. Right. It's probably easier for you to understand. So, yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the white kids mm-hmm. failed. That's too bad. But it's also <laughs> not, and I think that idea of like, we drop certain things, perhaps, yes. But, like, our creativity to use the same word in a sentence three different times and it right. means something different that another person who goes to school with us every day can't translate on paper, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's theory- theoretical yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Like, they, they don't get no more theoretical. I gave, you gave me the master's tools with this vocabulary and I took it and I said, I don't need half of this shit, mm-hmm. right? I don't need half of these words. They all mean the same thing. Right. Let me take what I need and also flip it five different ways. Yeah. Like if that's not the blackest thing to do. Okay. As we continue to do hello. this day. <laughs> <laughs> Love. Okay. Couple more. I feel like we talked about some of these things already. I want to talk about heavy on the feelings. Yes. Tell me this aha moment when you were like, this is what I need to do. I've watched the trailer teaser. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you want to call it, but the Mm -hmm. seven questions. Um, And I thought it was great. I Mm -hmm. loved it. And it just made me excited about 
what is next mm-hmm. for the show. So mm-hmm. for those that have not quite seen it yet, um, what can you tell us about the projects? Where are you in the process? Mm-hmm. And I know we are in the middle of some fundraising. Yes. So where can we drop off the coin? Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> so Heavy on the Feelings is, as I said, the first production under Ben Theory. And it is about... Um, the ways that good food and good cooking really gives us some emotional nourishment. It leaves us, um, I, it leaves our soul feeling happy. And I think there is something very uh, ancestral about black women in the kitchen mm-hmm. and not, and, and in a maternal way, I'm not going to hold you. Like sometimes people are like, Oh, we shouldn't be thinking about ourselves as maternal or forever maternal. And I think kitchen, the kitchen space is a place where we can, and it, it doesn't just stop at black women, but black women have often uh, poured our soul into meals to care for others. You know, we didn't have anything else. We could put our foot in the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that kind of I can provide for my family in a way or the people that I care about in a way that when they eat this, they feel something when they have nothing else. They have something. And I've also always said, like, if I could talk to my homegirls all day. That's what, what I want to get paid for. <laughs> like, I want to be able to have conversations with my homegirls because I'm the friend in most of my friend circles who are pushing us constantly to have these vulnerable conversations. And um, Heavy on the Feelings is a place where I now get to merge the two of them, which is I get to cook for my guests and we get to have a conversation over that over that meal and kind of unpack some heavier conversations around our emotions. And Heavy doesn't have to be hard and difficult and, mm-hmm. and challenging it can be happy like being in love is heavy mm-hmm. you know it's hot it's it's very heavy oh, girl, on you you know those, those are that i'm in love that googly yes. eyes that that happy super exciting phase that's a heavy mm-hmm. emotion so um it is all of that it's the range you know yeah. of that we'll cover different topics depending on who the guest is um but we are filming that at copper house detroit which is the first bud and breakfast in Detroit, it's black and queer, mm-hmm. woman owned. Yes, yeah, shout um, out to Jess. We yes, have her on the show. Yes, period. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> she is, uh, she is just incredible, out an outstanding woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're in Detroit history now. Like they'll be in the history books if they're not already there, right. because they were the first to do this. And I'm like, what better way to do my show? Uh, as a black queer woman in a space that is safe for black queer folks in a safe a space that is safe for black folks um and a space that represents a very similar kind of moral and ethic around care around consideration for community around building community around loving each other and extending ourselves for each other and um those are like tenets of the show you know and then they'll come up in our conversations and how i and the guest of the episode kind of interact and engage with each other i wanted to feel like when people watch heavy on the feelings they're getting a sneak peek at a conversation with a homegirl, like they're kind of an, an eye on the wall um, or a fly on the wall. And um, then they'll see this and realize, oh, I can go back to my friends. I can go back to my parents. I can go back to my partner and have conversations like this because I'm watching people have these kind of conversations mm-hmm. in real time that look like me, that feel like me, that have a similar story. They don't feel out of reach like, you know, somebody might say Jada Pinkett Smith does on right. Red Table Talk 
And also with Red Table Talk, like they talk about issues still very much at the surface level. I want an Oprah Super Soul Sunday. Mm-hmm. I want to ask the difficult questions. You want people to cry. I, I want, get it. I want, uh, because that's <laughs> on, it's real. Yeah. And I find that oftentimes people aren't asking each other the difficult questions and, and having the challenging conversations and just sitting with feelings that aren't easy to necessarily mm-hmm. articulate. That don't mean we shouldn't try. Right. Um, and that don't mean we shouldn't share in that process of trying. And I find that since me and my homegirls have been doing that with each other over the last 10 years, my life has significantly improved. Mm-hmm. Their life has significantly improved. We push each other to be better. And I want to bring that element to heavy on the feelings of me and my guests are interacting and you're going to see us maybe cry and laugh and eat and spill food and get high and mm-hmm. drink and chill and vibe mm-hmm. and be able to take away that. Oh, these folks are like me. They every day black women and they just talked about some heavy ass shit today. Yeah. But I loved it. Yeah. There is. And I needed that. And vulnerability. I just read um, All About Love by Bell Hooks. And Mm. there's a whole chapter on that. And I'm just like, yeah. So like I was saying earlier, there's beautiful. There's beauty in being sensitive. Like, yes. I think that a lot of people just, like you said, we we shy away from it. We don't want to be seen as weak or crybabies or yeah. whatever. But it's like, no, let it all out. Let it flow. That is who you are. It's your superpower. That's your superpower. So, I love it. Yes. Because um, people can't emote. People They cannot. don't emote. And it's, and it's <laughs> not even that they don't know how they, their body will not let them. It's that they don't have the capacity. They don't even realize that they don't have mm-hmm. the capacity. People say, I'm not an emotional person. What what I just heard you say is you don't have the capacity for your own emotions, and I feel very sorry for yeah. you. Because that must be a miserable life. It has to be. Yeah. If I couldn't cry, if I couldn't. You gotta be hard all the time. You gotta be a certain kind of way. I can't show you that I'm I'm happy or I can't laugh or I can't show you I'm frustrated. And it's like it's giving trauma. Where's the artificial intelligence at, bro? Unlock the chip. Yeah. (laughs) It's giving iRobot. It's it's giving trauma. (laughs) Like, let's unpack. This is what we need to unpack. (laughs) Hello. And I realize that I can't do that work for everybody. So Mm -hmm. let me do it on the show and then you can see it. Mm -hmm. So that is heavy on the feelings. And we are currently in pre-production, moving to production actually on Sunday. We are filming our first episode. Yes. Um, Love it. Love it. Yes. And as we are shifting to production, we are fundraising. We're asking for $36,000 because production is expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, paying our, our full team is of 10 women. Nine out of the 10 women are black women. Most of them are black queer women. Mm -hmm. Um, and getting black women paid on production sets is hard. And I want to show folks like this is possible. Mm -hmm. And if you, um, try really hard at what it is that you want, you show people that this is a good idea and you put it in front of them enough times, they going to start to believe it too. Um, because I know the product is good. Yeah. It's just about like making people believe that the product is mm-hmm. good. Um, and so we're, yeah, we're asking for $36,000 to cover production. Got it. Okay. You know, give us some coins. <laughs> uh, that's going to cover like the cost of our videographers, our assistants, our editors, hair, makeup, the location itself. Um, the time that it takes to do things, directing the episode. Um the food that we need to actually cook for the episode, mm-hmm. every little component, you know, that you need. And sure, we could do this on a way lower budget. Absolutely. If we wanted to run and gun or if I wanted to shoot it myself. Right. But this is something that I feel like absolutely could get picked up by Isis people, mm-hmm. could get picked up by Lena's people, could get picked up by Spike's people. Like there are a lot of dope um, 
uh, black creatives in the in the production world right now with power. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a show that has a place for space. And so I'm like, I want to pitch it to a group of folks who are going to see this as something that's quality. And also, I don't want to do things, as I said in the beginning, that aren't quality. Yeah. I'm past that. Yes. I'm, I'm grown. I'm, I have a reputation. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this, people are seeing my work and they associate my work with a certain thing. Now, I associate my work with a certain thing. And even as I learn things for the first time, they've always been quality because I want it to feel mm-hmm. like that. And so, um, yeah, the $36,000 is going to help us create a really excellent first season where we can pay people for their time and their energy and their efforts and also give the people who are watching the viewers a quality product that they want to engage with. Yeah. They want to come back that it has replay value that they might have watched episode 1 earlier, but maybe a week from now they want to come back and watch it again and maybe they'll watch it with somebody else and share it with that and that doesn't happen when the production is is lousy. Right. Um which requires a budget. So we are fundraising on iFundWomen, which is a platform that supports women, queer women, black women um, in crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Um, and the really beautiful thing about that is like once you get the money they, they ha- or once you um, start a campaign on there, they look at your application in advance, like what you're going to put up there and they approve it. And I think they approve it because they give you the money instantly. Okay. Every time someone donates, it goes straight into your connected account. Okay. And so it's like going into my business PayPal and I'm like, Oh, this is legit. Wow. That's like, this is, but it's perfect. Yeah. Right. Because if you are crowdfunding in the first place, you need the money. Mm-hmm. Hello. You need, you need <laughs> I'm money. not on here for fun. Okay. And I almost <laughs> did a Kickstarter and I was going to do a Kickstarter and ask for uh, the same amount. And like, we kept going back and forth about, um kickstart with kickstarter specifically if you don't make the funds you don't get the money okay so it's like if i say i want 10 grand and i get nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars it's not coming to me wow it's not coming it's going it's good i think it gets returned back to the people wow so um or it doesn't ever get charged i can't remember exactly but like Mm. you either way if you don't Mm -hmm. have to go you don't get the funds so that was a big deterrent and then um, a GoFundMe page is just boring as hell. Like aesthetically as an yeah. artist, I'm like, this is ugly. This is I'm, not, I'm right. not doing this. <laughs> um, and then I found I fund women in that process. And I'm like, oh, this is a crowdfunding site that realized that less than 4% of all um, d- a crowdfunding that goes to women or crowdfunding that's happening goes to women mm-hmm. and it's even a smaller percentage when you get into some of the race demographics yeah. of how angel investors work and other investors and donors work and so they're really about access and i'm like this again perfect alignment yeah. because that's what the show is about that's what i'm about mm-hmm. um and so i found their page and i'm like this is perfect so yes and we're on ifundwomen um dot org dot com dot com okay and if you want to like quickly get to the page it is tinyurl.com slash heavy otf okay um and you can get to it also in my bio on my website Mm -hmm. which is erinna.com my instagram is erinbcreating the platform that the show will live on fully and will continue to be posted on is bin theory Mm -hmm. b-e-e-n theory um on instagram and yeah, you can get to that 
please help us. Yeah. Somebody help us. We, we need money. We did have our first call with um, an investor. And okay. She was very excited about being on board. So that's, that made me very happy yes. because an investor is different than a donor. Mm-hmm. Right. A donor is somebody who's like, oh, I got $25 for you. Right. Here you go. I got 100 Here you go, baby. Mm-hmm. Go sell them candy bars. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so uh, an investor is somebody like, no, I want to, I see value in this and I want to be here for the long Right. Hall, and that again is a reminder like, no, this show is this is why we're doing what we're doing in yeah. the way that we're doing it because this is something that can be impactful and it can be impactful now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you get on HBO Max, girl, just remember you said it here first. Oh, no, I'm just saying, no, I, I actually <laughs> we're gonna talk offline because I do need somebody for a specific role, uh, in regard to the to the show and I was like who would be the perfect person for this role and I was going through a kind of a Rolodex of people and I'm like oh she's not a good person for this oh she's not Mm -hmm. uh I'm a very critical person so it's like it's got to be the right fit people might be very good at what they do Mm -hmm. but it might not be the right right fit so yeah we could talk about that because I could definitely uh, see you in this role thank you love that (laughs) (laughs) um so you mentioned earlier that you are not natively from detroit which somebody else recently told me this you met with ashley recently from design core yes Yes. so i was at an event and she's like oh my gosh you should she was gonna tell me like oh you should talk to aaron and i was like oh i'm talking to aaron yeah so she's like yeah i didn't know she was from here and i was like i didn't know that either so I Everybody wanted, tells me that. Yes, because I feel like you just have, maybe in your past life, you were like roaming the streets of Detroit listen, in like the 1920s or something. Listen, I don't know. Period. <laughs> but um, yes, I just want to know what, what brought you here. You said school. Yeah. Okay, well, now does Detroit feel like home to oh, you? Oh, for sure. Okay. I love it here. So I actually was living in Ann Arbor for the first two years of my program because okay. I was at University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I left the program or decided I was leaving the program, like immediately I would, I was also going through a breakup at that time, but I was like, I want to be in Detroit. Like, I don't want to move, live in Ann yeah. Arbor again. Like it's too many, it's just, it's too many particular type of white people, Girl, love. right? It's the, <laughs> it's the fake, um, it's the Lululemons of the world. It's the, it's the fake. <laughs> social justice Mm -hmm. girls for me Mm -hmm. it's the i'm with you but i'm not really with you i don't like that energy um so it's a lot it was a lot of that and um and and a lot of like black lives matter signs in people's yard and then you being targeted and you getting followed you know it's that kind of energy so uh i knew that i wanted to be in detroit and i had a home girl who was already here so i had been to a few things in detroit but i didn't know a lot of people here like i do now like literally meeting a lot of folks and maybe why you even came became more familiar with my stuff is because when i moved to detroit i tried to get connected i see myself as an anthropologist first like mm-hmm. that's just who i am it's the zora in me <laughs> like when i go to a place i'm very curious about how things are and who is doing what and how i can support and mm-hmm what things are important to a community and I feel like Detroit um once I moved here like it's just very special to me because it's a hustler city and I'm a hustler mm-hmm. and that was before I moved here and as it just in me like whatever I want I'm gonna go get them yeah. figure it out Hello. and I feel like that's the city and I also feel like the city is very um underrated and I feel like I'm often underrated and um uh, passed over or not considered for certain things but when you come here and it's summertime. Oh, the best time. The best 
best time. <laughs> the best. Yeah, you're not fun. beating it. Yeah. You're not beat when when it comes to being a black person in mm-hmm. America. You're not beating it. Good times you know what I'm saying? You might be all. able to go to Austin, Texas to an event that's one day for, you know, Henny Palooza. You see all your niggas there. You might go mm-hmm. to another event, California, whatever. But like to be in a place where you could go the whole summer and almost not see any other type of folks besides yeah. black folks, that shit crazy. It's amazing. It's beautiful to me. <laughs> It's so, it's like, it's like, so all I need, you know what I'm saying? It's like, nothing is topping that. That's how I feel about myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. Pusha T said, y'all keep talking about top five or who said top five? I see top me. And yeah, I think it's Pusha T. He was like, it's just me. me. And that's how I feel. I'm like, at the top, it's just me. And, um, I feel that way about this city. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a, we have a, a a nice relationship, the city and I, it's like, I'm here, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. The city is rooting for me. And I have mad love for the people who are here. And I think that's probably why also people are like, I thought you were from here. Because yeah. I show a lot of love mm-hmm. to folks who I feel like are doing dope things because I'm invested. Yeah. You know, and what you have going on and how you're doing and and the work that you have. Especially if I believe in it. Yeah. You know, I want to show up for it. And it and that kind of like genuine um support I find is rare in the city. And also, uh, people respond really well to it. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how crazy it is when you're nice to people. Huh. How nice right? they are to you, <laughs> like it. Woo, rocket science. So yes. <laughs> we cracked the code. Hello. So it's like, oh, you're a genuine person who only hits up the people that she actually wants to work with, and is putting herself in rooms with people that she actually respects. Mm-hmm. And so she, I can be genuinely excited and enthused about those people, and in return, they can be genuinely and excited and enthused about me if they fucking with me yeah and now we have a a thing and they're like telling they homegirls we friends and connecting at wherever you and ashley mm-hmm. were at you know you should connect with Aaron. so it's like it's been um it's been a beautiful time it's been a beautiful first year in the city in Ju- july 1st i think will be officially a year in the city oh, it's my birthday <laughs> wow what a holiday look it aaron's uh, anniversary your birthday and my birthday what are we gonna do uh, we have to do something <laughs> i will also be in a new space okay. at that point um i'm moving into a bigger space which i'm excited about because right now i live in an apartment about the size of this mm-hmm. uh recording studio right now <laughs> The room itself, if y'all at home, not the building. Uh, oh. <laughs> so it's time. I'm like, me and my dog tired. Yeah. I need more space. It was a nice introductory apartment. Mm-hmm. I know where I want to live now and where I want to be. And it was also in my price range at the time. So now I'm like, okay, we can get a little something else. Mm-hmm. Like We can do a little more. We don't have to stay here. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can level up. We, okay. okay. Always. We can always level up. Yes. So that goes into my next question. I just have a few more for you. We're just having too much fun. Um, but what and is I'm it? a talker. Yep. I'm like, I'm a talk. I'll ask people questions for until I'm blue in the face. Cause I'm like, tell me. And anything. that's why you have a podcast. Okay. That's what you hello. do. An award nominated podcast people. Hello. We need the your leg. Thank you. Okay. So what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? Ooh. So, you told me to think about this, and I know it's because we've been thinking about so many other things. I feel, I feel like being a damsel in Detroit is about doing whatever it is that you want to do, mm-hmm. 
I feel like that's something that I'm picking up from the Detroit girls that I have not experienced in other places as much. Like Detroit girls, they going to step out. It doesn't matter if it's snowing. It don't matter if it's raining. It don't matter if 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 it's cold, if it's hot, what they want to wear, they're going to wear it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that kind of energy of like, I don't pop my shit. You can't do nothing about it. At all. Like, <laughs> that to me is a part of being a damsel in Detroit. It's something I'm adapting a lot more. Like, I'm getting a, a lot less humble and a lot more, like, cocky in a pleasant way, mm-hmm. in a way that I think I deserve. Yeah. And um, that we all deserve, really, to pop our shit. Like, we so, we too humble. Yes. We, and that's we, why, we, so, we so humble, we, yeah. we don't even acknowledge that yes. we exist on almost damn near yes um (laughs) that is another reason why i started this podcast is because i'm like okay there are so many people i know that are doing so many amazing things and they don't talk about it yeah they do not talk about it unless somebody happens to like randomly ask like oh what are your hobbies because i don't tell you yeah and i just feel like why not yeah why not yeah i'm the person that gets introduced in the space and they'll be like oh Aaron, what are you doing i'm like oh i help black girls tell their stories and my friends will look at me and like she does all of these and i'm like i'm that friend oh yeah i do those things yeah. but i do those things too but it wasn't that serious it was unnecessary to say no, so i'm moving exactly mm-hmm. which is the energy the fashion energy right like what i wear and what i want to wear is always necessary if mm-hmm. i want to come in a three-piece suit skirt set um to floods that's what the hell i'm gonna do okay if i'm gonna take my picture hello if if it's the middle of summer (laughs) and i want to come long fur coat to the ground and that's what i'm gonna do and you're not gonna check me so that's where i'm at that's where i feel like a damsel in detroit for me that's a big component and the other is like hustling Mm -hmm. like that's a big part of who i am and and my ambition drives me so much um i realized the other day like even in my relationship success is a big component Mm -hmm. of what i value in a relationship um and and not even that you have to be like accruing accolades but in the idea that you are motivated to get something that you're passionate about that drive every day when i wake up i'm like this is what i want to do and if it's not and if if it's not for too long Mm -hmm. like if we spend too much time in that space I'm pivoting. I'm doing something else. Yeah. I done did a lot. I went to nursing school. I have an undergraduate degree. I have a master's degree. I went to uh, grad school, and a doctoral program. I pivoted from that. I'm a full-time entrepreneur now. Like, if it's not, so I will leave a nigga in, in the dust. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We dated two years. I don't care. I'm done. I'm done today. Not tomorrow. Now. Right now. <laughs> I'm done now. So it's like, for me, it's just like that ambition that drive that i will do whatever i want to do uh relentlessly and i will pursue that mm-hmm. um is is that's a part of being a damsel so it's the yeah. popping your shit and it's like you can't stop me mm-hmm. it's both and in di- for different reasons for different reasons yeah i love it love 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 <laughs> okay so this is a fun one mm-hmm. imagine that you have an unlimited budget Mm-hmm. Money is just not a thing, or you you just have all of the money in the world. Okay, period. Um, and I got you have mansion on my wall. Okay, Hello. and you have all of the resources that you need at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. What projects are you creating? <sighs> That's a great question. I really enjoy so. The anthropologist in me, which loves to study culture, loves to understand kind of like why and how something kind of ticks. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe about three or four years ago, I realized like I really love music. I love like 
I always love music, but mm-hmm. like I love studying the ways artists storytell in their music. I think that's really one of the things that kind of caught my attention to storytelling and the mm-hmm. ways you can do it in different ways. Um, and so I, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay. So uh, J. Cole, obviously. Yes. Yes. Hello. Um, and so I'm growing up and going to high school in, in the era of like Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming in really following J. Cole as he's like rising in his career. And I think he's an excellent example of a storyteller. And a couple years ago, I was like, I would really love to follow an artist on tour and capture all of these different moments and be able to show almost like we saw with uh, Genius. Genius, yep. Right, and I could pull up the tweet though. I did that before, so Cootie, come hit me up. I want to work. TK, Cootie, hit me up. I want to work. Okay, here you. So, we gonna get this in the but right that same that same vibe, right? Where I'm following somebody who is doing excellent work, and I'm able to share with people what it is that they're doing and who mm-hmm. they are, how they think, and how they process. Like, I think even something like Genius kind of helped some of us process so much yeah you know about not even related to Kanye but what it means to really believe in yourself Mm -hmm. how to show up for yourself what it means what it could look like for a mother-son relationship to be successful and be beautiful and loving and caring and all of those different things um and so and that's something that I would really really enjoy to do I would enjoy doing that with somebody like Janelle Monae Mm mm-hmm would love that i'm like she does so many different things you know she's so dope um and there's other folks who are doing dope work that i'm like i would love to capture this and work on this and and be able to piece together like the ways black women are showing up to do their work you know i that's what i love to tell the story like how do what makes you get up and do your work whatever that work is okay what makes you tick what motivates you to do that? Mm-hmm. What continues to keep you in that place of motivation? And how do you navigate all of those different things as you lose motivation? But like you're doing this at an, a profound level, right? We talk about Beyonce. We talking about right. huge artists who have been doing things for decades. And it's like, you're still excellent and you've mm-hmm. been doing excellent. So like, how how you know and homecoming <laughs> is another example of of like a, a, a genius in that aspect where kind of seeing beyonce behind the scenes on her first day of rehearsal mm-hmm. um you know just rough and and narrating where she was at the time mentally and her exhaustion she gave us like probably five minutes out of the whole two hours of actual narration right. and then she's like but, i'm done that's and that's and that's enough <laughs> and that's all y'all are getting um and you gotta respect that so i want to be able to like do that i want to share more of that of mm-hmm how we how we do what we do and why we do what we do and capturing that for people who are very intentional about it because i could go ask anybody right just something i've been having trouble with finding and narrowing down guests for heavy on the feelings it's like sure there are black women all over the city and black women specifically in the demographic mm-hmm. between you know 21 and maybe 45 right. and you know are um open to conversating having conversations about their ideas and their thoughts and who they are and but it's like are they gonna be the right fit are they gonna be vulnerable enough or are they gonna be able to share are they are even though they have a very successful business do they are they intentional about that business itself or does it kind of just happen to be a good idea that they're like oh this is a good idea and we just kind of ran with Mm -hmm. it and we've been going ever since or is it like no this is important to who i am This moves me. This was from my grandmama's grandmama's grandmama. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking about honeypot. And um, it's just, they're just different. So um, 
I think I was saying that I've been having trouble finding guests. Yeah. Um, because of that. Yeah, just because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. Especially when you're interviewing. Because, like you said, you want to make sure that person is going to actively participate. Yeah. You don't want to be pulling teeth. And you don't want to be like, so tell me how you feel, Erin. Tell yeah. me how you really, like, that's that's not what we here yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> and, inter- and I'm interested in, you know, the people who do really 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 fucking care mm-hmm. you know the work that they do they wanted to leave an impact right on other folks in the moment 20 years from now when they're dead and gone beyond that you know like that's who i want to be in conversation with um and i find that that's harder to do like people have great businesses terrible personalities yeah great huh. businesses no no real intention to the idea even yeah. though it's profitable and i'm trying to find the folks who have both right you know who who are who are the i think about every single detail when i who mm-hmm. are the solanges you yes. know do nothing without intention man i was just thinking that. <laughs> oh, we're here we're here <laughs> and at the, it comes from, i really feel like it comes from my intention to everything and believing everything has an intention mm-hmm. and a purpose and wanting to show that that is that moves a lot of people. Yeah. That moves us, and when we see that that moves us, it's powerful. It, it calls us back to ourselves in a way of like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? You know, I'm not gonna go become a producer because I watch Genius, mm-hmm. but I am gonna go believe in myself a lot fucking harder. Yeah, I'm gonna be on the couches telling people this is my idea. What's up? Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there are things I can watch in that and be like, oh, I needed that. Yeah, I want. I needed to hear that today. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I I think we sometimes, you know, talk negatively about people that are, quote unquote, overly confident. But I think he said in the documentary, like, how can I be overly confident in myself? We need more of it. Yeah. And I feel like as black folks, like confidence is not something that we um, have been have really had the privilege to uh, indulge in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like historically, mm-hmm. we was not com- we was not allowed to be confident. You too confident, you gonna get lynched. Right. Um. You too confident, you gonna get killed by the police. Mm-hmm. You know. And so now, and Black Girl Magic kind of brought in that space is one of the things that I feel like uh, at least it's probably been a decade since Black Girl Magic has been kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um. Kind of shifted us at least as Black women to think about like all the beauty that we have, all the dope things that we're doing. Um, be confident about who you are and love yourself. Um, but it just started. To, I feel like it just started to fall a little short. Yeah, it got to be like a very particular type of of girl, a light skinned girl with a certain kind of three C hair. Mm-hmm. You know, certain kind of body and a degree and a degree or two, or two and, <laughs> and never had sex before. But dated one man her whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is a Christian, yeah. prays every day, <laughs> makes a certain money, drives a Mercedes. That's black girl magic. <laughs> and it's like, uh, no. is it? Yeah, is that? Is it just that? So, um, yeah, um, it's just it's hard. It's a lot. It's We're gonna find lot. you some guests. Yes. If I yes. have to come on that show ten times, I will. Ah! <laughs> and I'll have a different story to tell every, every time. time. <laughs> every time. Yes. I'm, the girls are out there. Our first guest, I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. Um, and I know that you know she has some things that she wants to talk about, and we gonna have some difficult conversations because I got some questions. I'm very curious about a couple things. Oh, I'm nervous. Um, but excited. Okay. And so we are going to have a <laughs> private premiere for that episode. Okay. 
episode. I know it'll be Juneteenth weekend. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, that Saturday night at Copper House ticketed event. Y'all. Okay. So when tickets go live, you'll be able to purchase a ticket. The ticket will be, it'll go completely towards donations. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll be considered a donor to the event. Yes. Be open bar, open weed bar, mm-hmm. food, charcuterie, vibes, enjoyment. We we'll be welcome. we'll be airing our first episode there, so you can come and see a private premiere sneak peek before it goes live to the world of okay. um of that conversation because she's dope. Okay, she's dope. Yeah. I have, I have. There's a few people, and yeah. and then you like meet people in real life, and mm-hmm. you're like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. I thought it was, it was going to be different. Something else. Not you know? That. Yeah. So, yeah. it's um it's a process, but mm-hmm. I believe that the the attention to detail, the care, the hand, really hand-chosen, like, guest list that mm-hmm. we're going to end up finalizing um, as we move into the other episodes is going to be very solid. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like you said, people have things to say. Yeah. I think everybody got a story to tell. Mm-hmm. So lastly, where can people stay connected with you? So you can follow me. The best place to stay connected is my Instagram. Um, I have three, so I'm going to give you all three. You can find them through each other, but in the case that you're like, I need all three now. (laughs) um, The first one is my personal personal brand page, which is Erin B. Creating. um, E-R-I-N-B-E, Creating. Um, on Instagram and then Aaron is creating, you know, so one is who I be and one is what I do. Okay. Uh, that is like my photography page where like a lot of the lifestyle content that I capture will land. And then, um, Ben theory, that is the production house and creative agency on Instagram, um, where we'll be showcasing a lot of heavy on the feeling stuff. And as we move into some other work that we'll be doing, um, we'll be showcasing that there as well we do have some other projects kind of coming up in the works and some campaigns um and my website is erinae.com so e-r-i-n-n-a-e.com and you can find me in my contact information there thank you so much (laughs) this was like a great way to come back and get started again i'm like so happy you came and i feel refreshed i feel like I know so much more about you now because, like I said, I was like, I feel out of the loop because I feel like everybody's been friends with Erin for so long and I'm just now meeting her. I was really <laughs> about that. But I'm so happy you came. Yes. You know, you fun. Period. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. For, no. thank, thank you. Yeah. I, I thank you for asking me. I was um, really, I think I've been following you for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been a fan for a while. I've been a fan. I love what you do. I love what you represent. And when you asked, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I did not know. I'm not, I wasn't familiar necessarily with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so like, I didn't know it had been a break in this kind of your first episode mm-hmm. back. And I was like, oh, I feel so honored. Yeah. Like you picked me to be I the did. first episode back. Yeah. I'm a big hand selector. Yeah. The guest too. It so matters. Like, it, it really matters. It matters. It's like, what do I want to introduce my audience to? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I really was going back and forth with is, like, I could pick somebody who has a lot of followers, 200,000, 400,000 followers, who I know these people in my network, who I know who I could talk to, whatever. And it's like, then I interact with them, and I I really have a conversation with them, and I'm like, "Ah, 
not connecting. It's not aligning. And I don't mean they're not good people. It's just mm-hmm. not aligning to what I want it to be. And that's a trade-off sometimes you have to make. So yeah. I might end up having to pick a guest that has less followers, less uh, opportunity for reach. and, and mm-hmm. But I get to engage in their audience. But the conversation yeah. is going to be more meaningful. And mm-hmm. that's what matters. Yep. You know, I want to be able to show these networks, the people who are going to be watching the show, like, no, we can have really in-depth conversations with people. I can make you feel like you are invested in my life, in this person's life, as if you talking to Beyonce and, and mm-hmm. her mama. Exactly. Like you've seen them for 25 years. Right. And you're like, oh my God, just give me a little piece of what's going on. Like I want to make that, replicate that same thing. And you can't do that with just anybody. Yeah. Just because you have a lot of followers exactly. and a lot of likes. It doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. I, I need to feel good about it when I go to sleep. That yeah. this is something that I genuinely like want to talk to you about yeah. and care about. Yes. And as somebody that has done some influencer management work, I agree. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I can say. I agree. Okay. But I want to thank y'all for tuning in, for listening, for supporting me. Um, I love you all. And always remember that Detroit girls do it better. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Period.